Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. There are three great guests on this week's show as we look back on the Denmark Open and Denmark Masters from the beginning of October. First guest this week is Francis Thibault Tricol, who secured automatic qualification for Lakeside by winning the gold-graded Open. After whitewashing Belgium's Andy Bartons in the last eight, Tricol beat the WDF number one Brian Roman in the semi-finals 5-3. The final was between... Tricol and Sweden's Andreas Harrison, and Tricol emerged a 6-3 winner to secure his fourth, and by far the most important, ranking title of his career. I caught up with the Frenchman earlier this week to discuss his career in the sport of darts, what it means to become the first Frenchman to play on the lakeside stage in a world championship, and much, much more. I am now delighted to be joined by the 2021 Denmark Open champion, Thibaut Tricol. Thibaut, how are you? Fine, of course. (laughs) After a a big win like this, uh, I can be just fine. Well, congratulations on your win. What does it mean to you to have qualified automatically for Lakeside next year? Yeah, Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for your request. So it's uh, always an honor to be interviewed by the foreign world. I'm sorry for my bad English and my French accent, but uh, yeah. For the automatic qualification, for me, it's a continuity of what uh, I've been doing for two or three years. I once again rewarded. Uh, I think so for me, it's a uh, confirmation to show that my first qualification uh, two years ago was not uh, lucky. Why winning my World Championship qualification in one shot, uh, it's uh, it's funny, was not uh, something um, I thought, because I thought I would succeed by, uh, you know, uh, sleeping points in each moment. It's okay. For me, it's uh, pressure less. Yeah. In your final, with Andreas Harrison, what would you say was the decisive moment that helped you win the game? Our beginning uh, was not very good. If I remember uh, correctly, it was uh, when I come back uh, to 3-3. I tell myself uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, and now I have to accelerate because I might regret it uh, after the match. So... Uh, I focus my game, and there my level increase. So after so that, I may need to to win six three. But I think so is a comeback to three three to change uh, the, the final. There was a four hour gap between the last sixteen and the quarter finals. Was that long a wait between games? Frustrating for you? Yeah, but uh, frustrating. Uh, I don't have the right to say that because. Uh, uh, I'll say that they need to, I don't know it's correct in English, but to be room room for everyone, you know, the only darts, the female uh, singers, so yeah, I have to wait, my, I have to wait, but um, I love her in darts, that it's like in World Championships, uh, it's too many to be good in only one match, in one day, it's not just similar, but you have to wait a long time before, a long time after. 
I warm up sometimes during these four hours of waiting, but uh, the problem I didn't did not manage to put the pressure back uh, back on uh, in the semi final. Like I think so, Brian Raman, the same uh, thing for him. The semi final was not good huh, for for the both player, but a win is a win, so I enjoyed at the moment. So you've you've touched on it already. You played at the World Championship once before at the O2. You beat Ross Montgomery and then lost in the next round. What did you take from that experience at the World Championship? Uh, my goal, my goal for my first participation was to win my first game. Uh, that's why for me, I think so. Uh, I didn't play well my second game. In my mind, the job was done before. And I relaxed too much. So now, since uh, this year, I will try to do better. So uh, I have the experience yeah, for, of the World Championships. So step, step by step, but match after match. But I will see. But I think now I will have uh, less pressure than my first participation. I hope to play better. I don't have uh, a, goal, a goal definitively, but if I can win, yeah, one, two, three, three, three matches, uh, it's okay for me. <laughs> <laughs> so when you played at the World Championship before, how were your nerves before those games? Uh, with, uh, with experience, I, I become a less and less nervous player if I tend to relax too much. Before those games, I try to enjoy each match. It doesn't matter if I lose, obviously, but uh, I don't want to regret. So, so my goal for each tournament uh, is to make a quarter final. After that, it's bonus, often. So it allows me to put things into perspective once I'm there. It takes the pressure of me to succeed. When you played at you know, the O2, you were the first Frenchman to, to win a game in a world yeah. championship. What was the reaction like in France to your participation? I know there was a piece in the time in L'Equipe, but, but what else was there? Mm, yeah, yeah uh, the French uh, darts support me a lot and believes in my chance of success. Let's say they have been waiting for a very long time we have we had a uh, lot of good players. So uh, yeah, it's too long. It was too long to to have uh, a French at the World Championships. But uh, yes, so the French people are very very proud of to see me return to the World Championships again. And uh, l'équipe l'équipe is the new uh, the sport new newspaper in France. So I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be followed by, by the journalists of l'équipe. Uh, yeah, the more I will have uh, good results internationally, the more we will talk about darts and me, especially in France. So, so I think so. It's a good. I'm the, I'm, I'm in the good dynamic. Uh, I hope. I hope. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, sorry, but I hope. Yeah, darts. Be attractive, 
attractive in the, in France. Yeah. Hmm. I try. I try. <laughs> so, being the first Frenchman to win in a, a world championship was that something that meant a lot to you? Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud. I'm very proud to be the French first French after all this time. After, like I said before, after all the very good players in France who played in, in the eighties, nineties, but uh, I'm. I'm not the first to to try to to win uh, international tournaments, but uh, give me the all I can to do it. You know, uh, I try, I try, and uh, I travel a lot for for that. So, alright, oh, I'm very proud, but it's not finished. Uh, I think so. I can be better again. <laughs> <laughs> So France isn't a, a massive darting nation, but I know that soft tip is quite popular in France. Did you get your first experience in darts with soft tip? Yeah, yeah. France is a, uh, it's a Latin country like uh, Spain and Italy. And unfortunately, we have a lot of uh, yeah soft tip uh, darts. Yeah. So I start in steel darts at twelve years old. But yeah, before performing internationally uh, in seed dance, uh, I had also participated yeah, in the French sub-tip championships. But just to have fun or make myself know uh, to potential sponsors, you know. So uh, yeah, I managed to win several uh, titles uh, of French championships. But that's not what drives me. I prefer, above all, stick darts. So now, since now, uh, I stop soft tip because, uh, yeah, I prefer, of course, uh, still, <laughs> still does. So you are from Brittany. So what's your area, what's your region well known for? Yeah, Brittany is uh, at the north-west uh, of France. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know, in peninsula, peninsula mm-hmm. in English. Uh, Brittany is, is known uh, for... Is a strong identity, you know, like Corsica or Basque Country at the south in France. But Britain is uh, also a settled nation like uh, Ireland or Welsh or Scotland. So, yeah, we can compare uh, Britain to Cornwall, Cornwall, yeah, in England, uh, Cornwall, uh, because of its landscape, it's very similar. And uh, like uh, Wales, uh, we have a flag, a language. And so Brittany, logically, it's a re- is the region of darts in France. We have the, the pub culture, like you in England. So, because we are only in France. So, for example, for me, I still had, had a hard time to, to find good sparring partner without uh, any pretensions, but, uh, but yeah, Brittany is nice. A <laughs> lot of English people know Brittany for, because, yeah, it's similar, similar there. We have similar uh, things. Like, uh, so the big, the big breakthrough for you came in 2019, where in the space of nine days, you won the Torremolinos Open, you won the Greek Open, and you got to the final of the Acropolis Open. How big 
for kick-starting your career were those nine days? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, waiting for this click. I don't the click for some time. Uh, I know technically I could do it, but it remained to prove myself that I had the mind. That's why, yeah, I started by winning this type of type of tournaments. But uh, yeah, indeed, this is this victories starting its all. Um, I realized that I could finally win international tournaments. Uh, okay, they are not the big biggest uh, tournaments in in Europa, but for me, for a French guy, it's a good start to to learn and to win after a win. So I read somewhere that to finish the 2019 season that you started a crowdfunding campaign. How did that kind of start and how did it work out for you? Uh, like a French, it's difficult to have sponsors. And if I remember, it was uh, in May, May after the Polish Open, uh, I was good place in the ranking. So my goal was to, to race for the Western European qualification. And um, it was suggested that I launched this campaign to find uh, the next element uh, to get the chance to qualify. At the start, I was afraid of the reaction because uh, I don't know, but uh, I, I, no I, I had no choice because I don't have I don't have enough sponsor. I didn't have sponsor. So I really believe in qualifying. Overall, the feedback has been very good. People have supported me, so I thank them. <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay. So your nickname is the, the French Touch. Where does that come from? At the end of uh, this year, yeah, I have d had done a survey. Uh, and this one's... Uh, that I retained because I had thought about it before. I am the first qualified Frenchman, so I had to highlight France. And um, the expression French touch, I don't know if uh, you know after me, uh, before me, but the French touch, yes, is a uh, expression embodies the quality, <laughs> but also, and above all, the originality of French talent. We can uh, find this expression in uh, music and uh, science and technique, techniques. So I use, yeah, I use uh, this expression because, yeah, I'm alone now. I, I want to to be different if uh, I, we compare to to other players. I'm proud to be French and I want to to put France on the map, you know, on the world map. <laughs> Just before the lockdowns last year, you'd had a good weekend in the Isle of Man, you won the Masters and got to the quarter-final of the Open. When everything shut down and the only way you could play was online, did those good runs in the Isle of Man kind of give you confidence and keep you motivated? Yeah, yeah the lockdown uh, frustrated me, but like uh, I think so everyone, uh, because... Me, but I was on a good dynamic after the World Championships and the, the, the winning in, 
I love man. But uh, yeah, the good thing that happened to me was uh, the invitation to participate uh, in the Romot Darzig, finding myself among so many good, now and recognized players, uh, allowed to me to stay motivated and to understand that I was starting to be part of the of the world elite. I don't know in video, WDF, and after that I kept the the motivation by playing uh, the Q School and the Challenge Show at PDC. So it's just not bad for me. I know you played on the Challenge Tour events the end of last year when they put the, the last six all together. And am I right in thinking that you lost your darts on the way over to England? Yeah, that was a, there will be a, no, that was a, in October, yeah, uh, last year, the, Air Force, the flight company, lost my suitcase and they sent, in, they sent it to me at the hotel, but only the last day, on Sunday, I had to buy darts in the store on Thursday night, as well as some clothes. It was not the best condition to, to succeed, to succeed, yeah, for the success. <laughs> but that's uh, that life. <laughs> that life, yeah. Well, the last question from me. You're currently world number three in the WDF rankings. What are the goals for you for the rest of this season? Obviously, uh, keep my place in the top ten, I think so, of the ranking, by continuing to participate uh, in as many international WDF tournaments as possible, to be warm up and uh, ready for the World Championships in January. I must to be... 100% ready, uh, so I have to, I have to, we, I have to play. I have to play big tournaments. I have to play big players, and I have to learn again and again. So, yeah, uh, I will continue uh, the big tournaments like uh, Welsh Open, uh, Czech Open, Italy. So, I will try. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time today, Tiba. I really appreciate yeah. it and. Best of luck for the rest of the year, and I hope to see you at Lakeside in January. Yeah, thank you. It's me to, to thank you. Uh, sorry for, for my English, but uh, I hope to progress in English is uh, also a, a part I have to to, to learn. But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and see you soon. <laughs> it was great chatting to Thibaut. He's got so much ability He's a really interesting character, and to boot, he's a lovely bloke as well. On the note of Lakeside, it was great to see the prize money confirmed at the beginning of October, just before the, the events in Denmark. And I touched on a lot of what was covered in that announcement in a special interview with the WDF Secretary General Nick Rolls last week, which I'd encourage you guys to, to listen to. Overall, to give a brief kind of summary of my thoughts, I thought it was brilliant that they'd got the prize fund confirmed. The record prize fund for the ladies is very welcome and I know listening to Nick and the previous conversations I've had with Nick and Richard Ashdown, it's something that's been incredibly important to them and to see that record prize fund is massive. I think altogether the schedule looks good. It's good that the ticket prices have stayed at 2019 levels and it's great to know that tickets are going to be on sale later this month. It was also good to see the, the Lakeside playoff confirmed. 
for December in, in the Netherlands and to see the World Open upgraded to a gold event following the cancellation of the World Masters for this year. I think generally confirming everything in a nice, formal, clear way gives the players a lot more clarity as they look to enter a number of events before the end of the year. It shows them what they're working towards. It shows them what their efforts are going to earn them and shows ultimately what the WDF are all about as they look to kind of take control of the amateur part of the game. Tickets are set to go on sale later this month for Lakeside and I, for one, can't wait to be there. The other player who booked their spot at Lakeside in Denmark was Anka Zilstra. Her win in the Denmark Open was actually her first ranking title in just over four years. She'd only actually dropped two legs in the point scoring rounds before the final where she beat Anastasia de Bromislova 5-2. It was a great win for Anka, who's known as the Phoenix, and she spoke to me last week about her motivation to do well, the standard of the women's game now compared to when she started, and how much she wants to produce a great run at Lakeside at the beginning of 2022. I am now delighted to be joined by the 2021 Denmark Open champion, Anka Zilstra. Anka, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's great to have you on. Congratulations on your win in Denmark last weekend. It's a few days after that now, so can you kind of sum up what winning that event meant to you? First of all, it's a gold event, so there's a, everybody wants to win it because there's a ticket straight into the lakeside. And uh, that gives a little bit pressure on it. And well, it's a short season till Lakeside, so so you really have to go for it. Of course, you always have to do. But it's it's special because it's a really short season till Lakeside, and it's always Lakeside okay. that you want. So when that 116 checkout to win went in against Anastasia, you looked quite emotional when. You sort of you looked up to the sky and you, you said thank you. Can you kind of talk to me about the emotions when, when the winning double went in? Yes, well, um, my biggest fan, one of my biggest fans, my brother, he's very ill and um, really very ill. And I was just glad that I could witness this one and that I could win this one. So uh, that's rather emotional for me. Yeah, of course. As you say, that winning the event qualifies you for Lakeside. You probably were going to anyway. Your, your position in the rankings was very good, but now you qualified directly. What are you most looking forward to about playing on Lakeside again? It's an iconic venue. The people are, well, that they are just great, and, and you would not believe how it is if you haven't been there. And it's it's for me. Uh, despite all the politics, it is the home of darts for the WDF side and, and, and our side where the ladies play the darts in. It is the home of darts. And it's just, it, it's amazing to be there. And if you drive up there and only see the boards, it's stating the lines about darts coming home and home of darts, it's, it just gives me the, the vibes, I know. So you, you've played there three times before, 2016, 2017 and 2018. The last time, I thought it was quite a nice bit of symmetry, the last time you were there you played Anastasia de Bromislova and she beat you 2-0. And then to qualify again this time, you beat Anastasia, so there's a nice little symmetry there. 
Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's teams that we play each other a lot if it's concerning about the lakeside. And the first time uh, that I was on the lakeside, I played her as well. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it just has to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> as I say, the last time you played there, you lost 2-0. You didn't manage to win a leg, so I'm sure next year that's something you want to put right. And You always want to put good results. And if if you think about the last times that you play each other, then that you will take that into your next games. And I don't think that that's a good thing to do. So I intend to 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 go into a game as open-minded possible because you never know what happens and that starts and, and it doesn't matter to whom you have lost it is about what you're going to do in the match that you are preparing for and that you're having in front of you absolutely that's at least my my opinion you touched on it a little bit before but this sort of wdf season is quite truncated because last year we had a few events before the pandemic and this year we've kind of got a lot squeezed into the last few months of the year but last year started very well for you you got to the Dutch Open final going into that event in in the Netherlands how were you feeling in your game? I felt great I felt great all weekend and and it's uh it's it's I think Dutch Open is always a buzz and, and it's it's always busy and, and people are happy to be there and it's one of the biggest tournaments and well for, for me I mean I can say for myself that I really like the orange feeling that hangs around there and, and, and well it's just something that happened that day for me. And uh, that happened for me that weekend, so I'm very pleased with that. Well, that result has, has been a big boost for you because it obviously gave you a lot of ranking points, which have meant that this year, before any event started, you were always going to be among the, the top seeds, and now your performances, Celsius and, and Denmark, you're sort of going to be one of those top seeds for most of the rest of the year. Yeah, that's that's my luck, I think. Um, that's something I fought for. And it is my luck, and well, it, it's. I think you have to take that bit of luck if it happens on your way, and it's. I, I thought about that a lot during the pandemic because I knew that because of uh, the ranking system moving up and people losing points that I got up to the to the higher positions, but to be fair, it's. Not something that I can do anything about. Either the the, the the other girls couldn't defend their their points, but I couldn't fight for new points. So it's a 50-50 thought on that one. And I mean, in terms of the the pandemic, how how did how did that affect you in terms of you know working or, or whatever and. In terms of darts, were you able to kind of keep yourself busy and play online, or? Well, I have played one game on one tournament online uh, that was organised by the WDF, and I played for the Netherlands there. And furthermore, I didn't quite do do tournaments online, but uh, of course, I did my practice to to keep my arm in a steady way and hopefully a steady way and that uh, that I could maintain 
where I was left in 2019 and that I could take that with me in 2021. 2020, as, as I said, started very well with that run to the Dutch Open final. But 2019, the, the year before that, you didn't do much of the tour or if any of the tour really so why was it that that year you kind of took a step back from the the bigger BDO events as they were well I thought that was due because of my illness at that time and therefore I did a little step back looking back then for you what are your earliest memories of darts my earliest memories were that in 1986, I went to a pub and I saw a dartboard and I thought, hey, I like that. There was where, where I started playing darts. It was a fun game, a new game. It, it, it was only, it wasn't that known in the area where we were. Uh, it was growing still in, in, uh, in the Netherlands. And... Uh, well, it's it's. I just fell in love with the game. For you, did you kind of fall in love with it straight away? Yes, it was not something that you has to be that you that you didn't have to be fast to do darts, do you? So it it it's kind. Of, well, it was straight up my alley, or how do you say that? <laughs> it, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I I didn't need a whole lot of physic to do darts and, and well some people like physics and other people uh, the physic part of it uh, and I don't so <laughs> when was the moment for you then that you realized you know what I'm actually quite good at this and I can compete with the, the other top ladies in my area and, and within the Netherlands well I played for the Dutch youth Dutch national youth in 1991 I played uh, the Europe Cup in Denmark and from there on, I played tournaments around my area, and I lived 20 kilometers from Belgium and 20 kilometers from uh, Germany. So I did, did those international tournaments. Uh, but in 2006, I thought I, uh, I thought, well, I'm gonna have a go at it. And from there on, I stayed in the international circuit. So when you played in those first few kind of bigger international events and there was more travelling and stuff, how did you find that you, you took to them? Did you think, did you feel that you were competing with the top ladies straight away? Yeah, I never had a problem with it, but I, I really didn't think about it because, as I said, in our area it, it was still growing and it wasn't televised as much as it is in England uh, in our area in, in those days. So you didn't know who was who. You just played your game and you tried to win your game. I didn't know I played Gita or I played Mandy Solomon it, it, or, or even Francesca Hunsela. I just played my game. And later on, well, you started to learn the names and who was who and who did what in darts. And when, as soon as you know that, then you start getting a little bit nervous when you start playing them. And after a while, those nerves are gone and you really want to win those games. Your nickname is The Phoenix. What's the story behind that? Well, The Phoenix is called in uh, Persian Anka. 
So there's a, a relationship to it, and it's that's that's basically why I thought it was fun to have that nickname. Hmm, sounds cool. It's actually interesting. I saw this earlier today that the the Australian some of the Australian players shared it that four years ago today was the finals of the the 2017 WDF World Cup over in Japan, and that year. You were part of the the winning Dutch team who won the the ladies team event and the ladies overall competition. So, kind of looking back on that today, what are your stand up memories from that tournament in Japan? That I played with water on the stage in the final leg, just to keep my nerves calm and to 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 compose myself in in having that last leg to have the win for the, for the Netherlands. I really played with bottles of water on the stage and with a, with a glass of water because um, I played a slow player at that time and I didn't want to distract myself on uh, uh, standing behind her. So I turned to the table where the water was and I started playing with the water. Well, it obviously worked because you won and, and the Netherlands won as well. Yes, it was. Normally I don't do that. <laughs> for you, for the rest of the year, what does your schedule look like? Which events are you going to be playing in? Upcoming week, we're going to Bridlington, and then we're going to Wales. And if all is good and all goes as planned, we still have Hungary, uh, Malta, um, I think basically all, Ireland... Czech Open, Italian, and then Austin still ahead, still in front of us. So we still have a busy schedule, and I hope I can all, that I can compete with them all. Yeah, definitely. So you are still planning to kind of play in basically every big WDF event now between now and the end of the year to you know keep up your form ahead of Lakeside. Yes, you have to. You you have. I mean, COVID was for such a long time for everybody. And um, you need to take uh, to, to find your rhythm back in playing north. In England, they could play earlier in the pubs than we could uh, due to regulations. So you need to have the, the tournament uh, form you need to find back. And a tournament isn't win, a, a lakeside tournament isn't win by just one win. You have to practice for that and you have to prepare for that. And it is not something that you can just do mm. and just attend to. Yeah, um, I'm planning to take part of all the tournaments. If it's possible, I don't know yet, but I'm planning to do so. Something I did want to, to ask, I know last year you did some of the PDC Women's Series, but you didn't Obviously, you're not playing in those this year. Why did you, you opt not to play in those this time round? Well, several re- reasons. Firstly, the PDC did inform us two weeks up front, and that was really a short notice to, 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 to see if it was possible. Two or three weeks up front, I must say. Um so that was kind of short notice, but the second tournament in uh, for the PDC that was scheduled, that was also the Dutch national. And since I'm playing normally for the Dutch national team, I think I ought to be there. 
Um, and the third tournament was together with Wales. And since I'm planning to go for Lakeside, I think that Wales was more important because, of course, I didn't know at that time that I won the, the Danish. So my planning was to go for Wales and all travel um, have that that all travel um, schedules that have to be made for Wales I've done already. Hmm. So that was also an issue for me. And then, of course, because of COVID, it isn't easy for us when when they skipped the first tournament and they said only the the other two tournaments or three tournaments. It isn't easy for the the, the girls here living on on uh, we have a, I always say mainland mainland. It isn't easy for them to travel to England with all the COVID regulations and the tests that you have to do. It costs really really a lot a lot of money to go over to England, and that's also a point that I think that most ladies didn't do that. And, well, just as I had my luck with uh, being number second in, in, when we started this season, I think it's the luck for the English girls that they live in England and that they can attend to the PDC. And after that, we can they just drive home and they don't have to do the test or be in quarantine. And, and that's just how it is at this moment. That's one of the main reasons. It is not that I'm not willing to compete with them, but it is that there are too much hustle for the for the COVID regulations. Yeah, no, I understand that. I spoke to Aileen de Graaf recently and she said something very similar as to she wanted to come, but she was just saying, you know, it's an awful lot of paperwork and whatever and with her children and stuff, she was just like, it's not really practical for me and similar for you and I'm sure countless yeah. others as well. Yes, it is not that we are not, that that we are afraid to take the the, the competition in in the in the ladies PDC as was stated in the email. Uh, that's absolutely not the case. But not everybody is as fortunate to have the time or the possibility or the money to take the to travel to England uh, under these uh, quarantine rules that were. At that time. So if we're talking kind of, you know, talking broadly here, if there was one thing in darts that you wanted to achieve, what would that one thing be? To hit the double when I want it. No, but yeah, well, basically that's all you want. At, at, at each tournament that you play and each, each, um, each leg that you play, you want, it, you want to hit the double. And if you do so, you will climb and climb and climb. So basically, that's my goal, to hit the double. <laughs> nice one. Well, thank you, Anka, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, you know, based on your form in Denmark, you're going to be very good for the remainder of this year and, you've, you know, you're going to be playing well at Lakeside next year. So best of luck for the rest of the year. Well, thank you very much. And if I might add something, it's um, ranks in ladies doesn't say much. We've all leveled up our level at that high point that there's one um, I we are all very good and it's just the, the the form of the day of who's winning but we all have approximately the same level which makes it also very very hard 
to compete in the ladies' darts, and I'm proud of it, or I'm proud of all the ladies that we've leveled our level at the stage it is at the moment. I really enjoyed chatting with Anka, and it was clear that playing for her brother gave her a great source of motivation in Denmark, but obviously it's also something sad for her as well, so I was glad she was able to talk about that a little bit. The way she's playing and the combination finishing she can produce, as well as the packed schedule she's got that will keep her fresh before Lakeside, means that she's definitely a potential dark horse to watch out for. The other event during the Denmark weekend was the Silver Graded Masters. The women's event was won by Dieter Hedman, who racked up the 217th title of her incredible career as she beat Alien de Graaf in the final. Ultimately, really, it was a finishing clinic from Dieter who finished five out of five on tops in the final. The men's competition was won by the Dutchman Richard Weinstra, who came back from 5-1 down to defeat Sweden's Ricky Nauman 6-5. Swedish international Nauman had looked really good earlier in the competition in the, the semi-finals. He beat Andreas Harrison 5-2 or 5-3 and produced four ton-plus finishes in the five legs that he won. And he started the final along those lines. Uh, but Richard, in his kind of typical fashion, when he gets the scoring going, he's very hard to play. And I managed to catch up with Richard, the tail ender, last week to discuss the win in the Denmark Masters, his goal of, of trying to win the Lakeside World Championship, and his feelings on his Euro Tour debut earlier this year. I'm now delighted to be joined by the 2021 Denmark Masters champion, Richard Vainstra. Richard, how are you? Great to have you on the show. So last weekend you picked up the title in Denmark and you came from 5-1 down to beat Ricky Nauman 6-5. How do you reflect on that victory now? Um, yeah, it was a difficult one. He took everything out in the first five, five legs. All, all till 60 between 100 went out and yeah, that's 5-1 down. And But you... Keep believing in yourself that you can do it and I've played better than with a, a lot of 140s, 137 and yeah, I'll hit a 118 finish to break him and yeah, I, I get my own leg at 5-5 five, five to win it, yeah. At 5-2, you took out a 118 finish to break his throw and make it 5-3. Do you think that, that big finish was the turning point in the match? Uh, yeah, I'll think it is, and uh, he missed one dart, I'll think, for 6-2 or 6-1 to win it, and that 180 was the leg after, and yeah, I think he, he went nervous then, and yeah, I'll keep playing like I can, so yeah. Well, that tournament victory moves you up to ninth in the WDF World Rankings now, which puts you in a good position to qualify for Lakeside at the, the beginning of next year. Was that one of your goals for this year, getting back to Lakeside? Uh, yeah, of course, you you first have to see if Lakeside is true because, yeah, lots of tournaments uh, yeah, are cancelled for the WDF tournament. And uh, last week they, they put Denmark through. Um, I was 33 on the rankings. I haven't played for one and a half years WDF tournaments. I definitely want to go to Lakeside when, the, when they said uh, Lakeside is true. So for you in, in the Netherlands, what was your perspective on the events of last year when the, the BDO kind of came to an end and the WDF took over the, the running of the, the amateur game? Yeah, 
Lakeside is, is where you made your name in a way and, and broke through for a lot of people, certainly in this country. 2016, you got to the semi-finals and the game you had with Jeff Smith was absolutely brilliant. But for me, I think the biggest victory that week for you was the quarter-final one when you beat the defending champion Scott Mitchell. What was the reaction like to that win? Yeah, I think every game in that year was great for me. It was my first year at Lakeside. It was my first year to play international. And then you play the winner of the year before in the quarterfinals, Scott Mitchell. But yeah, it started in the first uh, game against Jeffrey de Graaf. He was third place seeded and I won that 3 2. Uh, your first year, you don't, you, you never ever been there. And if you see all those crowd then in 2016, yeah, it was, was great to play that good. And I nearly uh, yeah, missed the final. I imagine your phone was buzzing non-stop that week as well with messages of people just saying how well you'd done. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, a lot of messages and I think I answered every one of them. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a busy week, but it was a good week for me. And, yeah, that was the beginning of my career, I guess. Uh, yeah, if you see where you are now, then. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic that year. Now, one of your games at Lakeside that always sticks in my mind because I, I remember watching it and I just was a couple of years ago when you played Nigel Hayden because it was back and forth all the way through and then you had to go to sudden death at the end. What are your memories of that game? Yeah, yeah. If you want at Lakeside, you don't want to be to play a deciding leg in the, in the I think in the fifth or seventh set. Yeah, in the fifth set, what it was two two five five. I, uh, I had a lot of chances to come through. I'll put it on top. He took one, three, two out in one of those deciding legs and to break me. I, I was lucky to to uh, win the bull at the last leg. To, uh, so I got the first chance to, uh, to, to get out. Earlier this year, you haven't had the opportunity to, to play the WDF events, but earlier this year, you qualified for your first Euro Tour event in, in the PDC. Yeah. What was that? I mean, first of all, before we talk about the event, the venue in Hungary looked fantastic, a massive crowd. What was that experience like in terms of the venue and how did you find it? It was great to play in Hungary. Um, I think I played two, two, three years not on stage. So it was my first stage play like two, for two years. And on Saturday, it was a massive crowd. I think 5,000 people in the, uh, in the venue and it was quite easy on on the Friday, but yeah, it's nice to, to play on stage uh, for so many people and against the world champion Gerwin Price. So a, a lot of experience for me, and uh, yeah, I'll keep focusing on uh, on Challenge Tour, uh, play Q School in January, and uh, yeah, I'll hope some more uh, Euro tours next year. I was going to say massive crowd on the on the Saturday. And of course, you were playing against the the world number one and the, the world champion. So, must have been great to to be part of that. And obviously, that's something you can kind of take forward, you know, the rest rest of this year and beyond that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, I started good at Gerben Price four two. I was I was up, and uh, yeah, he missed then the nine daughter. Yeah, 
they had one chance on 4-3 to make it 5-3, I guess. And uh, yeah, then he took it out and the last leg went in 1-17. He took out to, uh, to win the match. So looking back, I know originally you played football before you got into darts. What level did you play football to in the Netherlands? Um, I don't know it, how, it in, how it is in England, but in Holland I played third division. I don't know. I don't know if it's in England the same, but yeah, no, that makes sense. And what what position did you play? I was midfielder. Very nice. Is your nickname Flyers and your walk-on song? Is that related to your football background? near Herenveen, near where I live, there was a ice hockey team and that called the Veenstra Flyers. Ah. So, so wherever I'm, I'm in in the competition and you have to, yeah, to give a name, it was only Veenstra, always Veenstra Flyers. That's why, yeah, it's Flyers. Okay, cool. I know someone mentioned that there's a, a Dutch family that are involved in pigeon racing, the surname Veenstra. So I didn't know if that was any connection to you at all. No, no. Obviously one of the, the biggest tournaments in the world is is the Dutch Open. And it's one you've won before. Entries are open for that now. So for someone like me, who's never played at the Dutch Open, but maybe is thinking about going next year, what would you say it is that makes the Dutch Open such a special event to be part of? It's massive uh, to play the Dutch Open. The 3,500 gentlemen only who try to win the Dutch Open in the Bontewever at Assen. I think it's the most difficult uh, tournament of the year for us. Uh, it starts with best of five, and the last, if you reach Sunday, it will be best of seven, and in the, in the semi final, it will be best of three sets. But it's, if, it's massive to be there to see all those, so many people. And it organized that well. You you have a time schedule for yourself. You play on that time. You know where you you're at and at what time you play. So yeah, it's nice to be there. Obviously, you picked up the win in Denmark last weekend, and and in those Euro Tour qualifiers, I know you set a new benchmark for yourself, a new highest recorded average, 104. Where do you feel your game is now? As kind of in-person competition is getting back up and running again? I think every year I'll play a little bit better than, uh, than the year before. I get every year higher up the rankings at the PDO. Now I'll try the, the PDC tour, get my tour card for Q school. Not that easy to say, but we'll try this year, over next year in January the same. I'll play every year better and I'll get more experience and, yeah, I think my level... I think it can decrease as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where it ends. You finished runner-up at the Zyderdijk Masters and you finished runner-up at the World Darts Trophy. What would it mean if it was third time lucky in Lakeside next year and you're able to win that World Championship? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's what, all, what, you, what you all want to win. You want to win Lakeside one, one time. That's where I was a little boy to see it, and yeah, your target is then to win it once. And yeah, we'll try this year again, and I'm confident to, to do good at Lakeside. 
We definitely will. Thank you very much for your time today, Richard. I really appreciate it and best of luck for the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. It was lovely to finally get Richard on the show and he's someone who's always got the ability to do well in competitions and uh, I tweeted this after his win but he's a streaky player if you know what I mean. You know, three, four legs, he won't really be in it, he won't really be there. And then suddenly it's just 140, 180, 174, 137. He's a relentless scorer when he gets going. And if he can hit form, which he often can in the set play format, he's a very good bet to to not only make Lakeside, but to do incredibly well when he gets there. There were some other Lakeside qualifiers confirmed this past weekend over in Canada, where the final event of the season was played in Alberta. The Klondike Open winners were Sean Burt and Brenda Moreau. Moreau missed out on the the Canadian women's regional qualifier spot for Lakeside by just one point in the end to Darlene Van Sluen. Um, While Sean Burt is now in a tie with Rory Hansen and Matt Campbell for second in the men's rankings behind Dave Cameron. Matt Campbell obviously is sort of ruled out of that spot, assuming that he makes the decision to, to play Alexandra Palace over Lakeside. While David Cameron could also be making his PDC World Championship debut alongside Campbell uh, because he's got a very good chance of of winning the CDC Canadian Tour for this year or the spot on the line on the CDC Canadian circuit. If Cameron does get that spot, then I think the two Canadian regional spots would default to to Hanson and Burt. But if if not, I'm not quite sure what the rules are in terms of a tiebreaker. Uh, but that'll be one to keep an eye on in the coming weeks. Regardless of whether Sean qualifies or not, I'll hopefully be catching up with him and Darlene on next week's show. Later this week is the British Open and entries for that close on Wednesday of this week. At the moment, we're looking at about 400 entries for the men's and between 80 and 85 for the women's, which isn't too bad going. Still getting up and running and stuff. So, And obviously in those competitions, there will be two more golden tickets on the line, as well as the, the international trial that England are running. Uh, you can listen to my interview with Nick Rolls, which touches on a lot of the WDF's plans and the announcement about Lakeside, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF. You can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you can also keep an eye out on the the WDF's social media channels uh, because they're going to be posting weekly ranking table updates from our friends over at the Weekly Darts Cast. And obviously there'll be written content from me throughout the rest of the year covering the gold events and then monthly roundups of everything else. In the meantime, stay safe and I look forward to seeing you next week.